Hi there and welcome to The Brief Key. This is Saul James, your host, and I am here with Jack Green. Hi, Jack. Hello. And Jack is being interviewed for us for Mental Health Awareness Week, and we are discussing the topic of kindness, which is the theme for the week. Jack Green, for those who don't know, is a double Olympian for Great Britain. He also is a has a big part of his work as a champion for mental health awareness and his work within that, which he'll talk about in a second. So welcome, Jack. Thank you for joining us for the interview. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so that people have an understanding of how your world comes into contact with mental health, can you um, give a, a brief breakdown of how the work that you do comes into contact with mental health? And if you think campaigns like this and others can help tackle the stigmas that are attached to mental health? Yes, of course. So apart from being a, a double Olympian, former professional athlete uh, for 10 years, in that time I, I struggled with my own mental health and was diagnosed with depression, bipolar tendencies and anxiety and constantly managed my mental health during my career, of which I was very public. Um, about my struggles and that led to me being a public speaker sharing my story and, and predominantly around resilience kind of uh, managing adversity and, and managing mental health whilst trying to be an elite performer uh, and in that time I've also been an ambassador with Mind, Young Mind, worked um, with the government on a few things to do with elite sport and mental health, been very lucky to have that opportunity that has led me to now being a, a wellbeing consultant with BBC Studios. Um, kind of looking at, at well-being and how we can improve and make life easier for, for our employees, which is a really exciting opportunity for me. In terms of looking at Mental Health Awareness Week and, and other campaigns that go on, I think it's fantastic. And if you look at the last five years or so, I think mental health stigma has, has really changed and, and come to the forefront. And I think we're in a position within society that everyone is kind of aware of mental health now and accepts that some form of it exists. Um, I think the next step for us is is the education yes. and understanding of mental health. I think that's where we have to go next because I believe everyone believes it exists, but they don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, when they're confronted with mental health issues is, is where that stigma still exists because they don't actually know what it is or how it's meant to feel or what it looks like. So I think that's the next step for us. But the huge change in terms of stigma and the awareness of mental health has been massive. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they say that we're often scared of what we don't know. And that's very true for what you're saying with here, that actually by educating, by having these campaigns that can help alleviate that, that fear and therefore hopefully bring more people into the fold of understanding what mental health and mental health issues are all about. And um, you mentioned there about being a well-being consultant for BBC Studios. That's obviously how we know each other through the work that you're doing and the awareness work that I do within our departments there. Um, do you do you think that within the workplace specifically we are moving forward in the work that we're doing? And not, not specifically BBC Studios, but just generally within the corporate world of mental health and support for people who are struggling with mental health. Most definitely. I think, as said, that similar thing of the last five years, my role probably wouldn't have existed um, five years or, or longer back than that. So that shows kind of where we're at, that, that employees are becoming and their well-being is becoming something that's really important. You look at the 
you know, the, the younger generation coming through and, and well-being is actually really high up priority, that work-life balance, their mental health um, and the awareness of their well-being. So it's definitely changing within workplaces, particularly mental health. I think most most workplaces are now very conscious of mental health because of all the campaigns that go on. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think the rest of well-being is kind of left behind a little bit um, and is very much in its infancy. But as said, well-being probably within the workplace is only five to ten years old anyway. Yeah. So it's not it's not been around that long. And, and when you look at best practice elsewhere, it's actually not that great. No. What I see as best, and I'm thinking as a, you know Olympic performer, like how do we be the best in the world and what do I think is world-class? And I'm looking at stuff that people are saying is world-class and I think, shouldn't we just be doing that anyway for people? <laughs> yes. Isn't that the basic? So it'll yes. be exciting how we can grow well-being and how we can move it forward and, and whether then budgets will change and whether there's well-being teams within companies that really focus on it. Um, so that'll be really interesting how, how the future of well-being grows. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure it will continue to. Um, so going on to your questions, question one, what does the term kindness mean for you? Kindness for me, personally, is, and it's something I relate to and, and part of my, kind of my core values, kindness is going out of your way for other people. It's a huge part of that for me. Making life easier for other people is kindness. I'm quite big on the self-sacrifice thing. At times it bites me a little bit and I mm. do a bit too much. But um, overall it comes from a, a place of kindness. I like the concept of making life easier for others. So extending that to alleviating a burden that somebody else might be carrying or might have whatever that is whether it's a frustration or um a door's closing on them or whatever that is you know you're making life easy for them i i I like that as a very very basic concept for kindness it's it's as easy as you might you know your partner someone you know might not have much time they're really busy with something and just doing the washing up that they you know would normally do or something is being kind it's going well hold on you go and do your thing I can do this. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be grand things. It can be as simple as that. I quite like the little things that yes. almost go unnoticed. I think they're the most important. Yeah, and they, they without realising it, they can speak volumes to the person who's receiving that gift. Exactly. Yeah. Um, second question. What do you see as a connection between kindness and compassion? Now, I, when I when I thought about this question, I thought it's, it's really interesting. And I think it kind of, I'm almost repeating myself a little from the previous one, but it comes from that, that self-sacrifice and that empathy. It's almost like, so a lot of the things I'll do for people are because I don't, I almost, I have that empathy, which leads to compassion of, I don't want you to have to experience those things. So I'm happy to help you in a way. Um, and give my kindness that means that you might not feel the things I felt or the struggles I felt. Or um, So, yeah, that's kind of where I see it, it sitting um, in a personal one for me. I think it's a really it's a really interesting question. I don't think many people would have thought about the difference between the two very yeah. often. So it'd be you know, fascinating to hear others. But, yeah, for me, it's very much that it dips into empathy. It dips into, you know... Very much the first question of making life easier, self-sacrifice, how can I help? 
through my kindness and through compassion. So it's the empathy that is the compassion that therefore drives the act of kindness. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's a fantastic way of, of you took my words and made them better uh, by a long <laughs> way. So that's great. I'll use that in the future. Um, but hundred percent, I think empathy is a huge part of it. Um, and I think when you look at leaders, when you look at uh, people who should be, you know, being role models or whatever it might be, I think empathy is probably the best trait you can have. Yes, quite frankly, if you really want to connect with people and make a difference. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that leads with as well with that compassion and kindness. Yes, yeah, and I've mentioned before we've, uh, in in other interviews that one of the essences of compassion that the Dalai Lama spoke about when he was asked to describe it is about um, alleviating suffering of any form, and that really ties into what you were saying about making life easier for others um, through an empathetic. Um, emotion I suppose and an and, and, and empathetic connection um, that you want to alleviate somebody else's suffering whatever that may be um, and then therefore that leads through compassion to your to your act so that's yeah really connected that's beautiful if, if people are willing to help others in a way that makes their life easier that's beautiful that's the kind of world I'd love to live in right where everyone was trying to make things better for one another rather than just for themselves. Now yeah. there's an element of you do need to look after yourself, but yeah. wouldn't it be beautiful if we actually put a bit more value on helping other people? Yeah. And I think I've, I've moved the questions around here, but the next question is why is kindness so important for us as humans? I think when you look at if I can come from a business point of view and say, from a well-being aspect within the workplace, why is kindness important? You look at social health, you're looking at connection, relationships. Now, you don't get that connection without everything we've just talked about, without that kindness. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm not going to connect with someone who's not kind to me. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So looking at social health, looking at connections, relationships, trying to build those and strengthen those that can withstand adversity or, you know, be resilient. It, a big fundamental part of that is kindness. Problem yeah. with that you get with the word kindness is people think it's a bit soft. Yes. Like when, and I know you and I have spoken about vulnerability. It's a very similar thing. There's this conception that preconception of well, vulnerability, kindness. These are all weak, soft things. Well, actually, they're not. It takes a lot of strength to be able to show these things, especially kindness. Yes. Be kind to someone, especially sometimes. The most amazing thing is when you're kind to someone who's not particularly kind to you <laughs> yes. right or they're in a position it might be there they have their mental health struggles and things but you're willing to be kind to them even though their behaviors wouldn't be deemed as kind but there's a reason for it as a yeah. circumstance yes and that that's a huge part of it yeah. so find that quite interesting in yeah. terms of it's, it let's change the idea of what they are and actually it's, it takes a lot of strength to do those things because society has always deemed them to be weak and be soft yes yeah. it takes a lot more strength to show that and there is that kind of being in a seat of judgment that we deem whether or not somebody is worthy of our kindness and like you said it's harder to show kindness to somebody who we think doesn't deserve it when actually often in those situations they really do and in hindsight they'll look back and think wow i was a I was a twat. 
<laughs> but that person was still really kind and showed me love and actually that's really humbled me for sure and i think something really important that you said then was about how we almost judge it and and this is true a lot of us go into things expecting other people then have to do something to earn my friendship kindness whatever it is yes. my my time when actually we're all human beings we're all very equal to begin with right we're all the same now i'm going to treat you with kindness all the positivity that i would treat someone to begin with yes. it's then after that that then you go well this is on you now if you mess that up and i have to change my behavior that's fine yes. but i shouldn't have to go in and go right you have to earn this yes if you had two people trying to earn it it's just not going to work <laughs> yes yeah absolutely so yeah. i think i think it's actually really important you look at well how am i approaching people to begin with yes um am i being kind to begin with and, uh, and opening up um this this opportunity for possibly a, a great relationship or whatever it might be connection yes and like you said their vulnerability is actually of a real strength um because it's very difficult yeah. um and that what you talked there about connection and connectedness, I know that that's come up in um, at least one other interview, that it's these simple acts of kindness towards each other as humans that do connect us in, in sometimes quite profound ways to even strangers, you know. And it's amazing how an act of kindness can connect you to another human being who you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a thread that's just now there. Yes. You know, someone helped me in my difficult times or whatever it might be. So there's, it's it's almost like a lifelong connection from yeah. an, a, a, a brief moment of kindness. Yeah, and I think also just before we go into the next question, there's something that we've kind of touched on subtly, which is having an attitude of kindness. And if you have an attitude of kindness, that removes the judging it removes that person who's sitting on the seat of judgment because actually if you have an attitude of kindness you're not judging you're just somebody who just issues kindness and is kind to people and you don't think they deserve it they don't and they should and they can't you just have an attitude of kindness and i think if we can move towards something more like that that removes that whole i'm going to judge whether or not you deserve it or not Exactly. And I don't believe in deserving. I don't, I don't think anyone deserves anything good. I don't think that anyone deserves anything bad. I think you earn things, but I don't think you deserve them. Deserve is almost going to fate and thinking like, you know, I was born in a certain place and I'm this and that. So I, I it's almost like entitlement, deserving. I don't believe in that. You yeah. know, otherwise, the world would be a very different place if that was outworked. Yeah. You know, people don't deserve to, you know, we're currently in a climate where people are passing away. And you're telling me people... You know, those families and those individuals don't deserve that, but that's not how it works. So for, I'm, I'm huge. I hate the word deserving um, just because you get it a lot within sport. The people go, well, I train this hard, so I deserve this. Like, yeah, everyone's trained really hard. Can't all win it. Yeah. Not how this works. <laughs> you, might earned, you might have earned the possibility to succeed. doesn't mean you deserve it. Yeah. Interesting. Right. It's an interesting that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother yeah, debate. Whole nother yeah. Podcast. Um, yeah. So moving on to more practical sides of, of kindness for question four, can you give one or two examples of acts of kindness that have stood out for you that you've witnessed? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? So as I said, I like the little things. So 
it's things like walking down the street and I see, you'll see someone pick up some litter, right? And go and put it in the bin. That's kindness for me. It might not <laughs> be kindness to an individual, yeah. but that's kindness of just, that's, that's being considerate of others, yeah. which is a huge thing. Because I, I hate when people are inconsiderate or, you know, I'll park my car here, even though it's in, you know, not parked properly and it's in the way of everyone. I don't care about other people kind of thing. I don't like that. Whereas just picking up some litter on the street. I sort of did someone do it the other day and I was like, great, brilliant, because you're trying to make my world better. Absolutely, right? yes. Because yeah. you're, and you haven't thought about me, but you're being considerate <laughs> of people. That's kind. Um, so I like little things yeah. all the time. Um it's just things like, you know, I've I've been out this before coronavirus when we could actually communicate with people and, and come near people. Yeah. But it's just things like I've had I've had some water, I've been out on a run, someone's like flagging and I've been like, Look, you can have that. There you go. Have some water. Things and you know and people just it's if people go out their way, that's where kindness comes from. That's when it's real kindness and it's genuine because they're not looking for you. It's not like they've gone, Oh, Jack's uh, Jack's an Olympian and he works here. I can have an opportunity here where he might do a talk for me or something. Yeah. They, they don't know who you are. Yeah. That's, that's when it's been best. Yeah. There's so many little ones. Um, and I know you will probably ask about some personal, a personal one after this. So, um, I'll save one up for that. <laughs> well, let, let's go straight on to that question five. Um, an act of kindness that you've received that has stood out for you. I'm sure there are many. Yeah, there's lots. I've been very lucky to have a lot of a lot of people come and support me um, in my life, and, and particularly around when I've struggled with my mental health or performance side of things in in my sport. And people have gone out of their way, and it genuinely is to the point that I've had people. So in track and field, you don't get paid very much, right? And I wasn't sponsored or funded for many years, despite being one of the best in the world at what I did, just because of politics and various other things which is a whole different podcast I probably can't <laughs> ever do. Um, we'll get you back, but, don't worry. <laughs> but it's to the point that my local rugby club, right, I don't play rugby for them, I've never played for them, but I love my rugby and I go up and I'm I'm social and, and really enjoy it, to the point that when I lost my funding, that rugby club then asked their sponsors, all the individuals that give them money, um, if anyone could help me. And I got given £10,000 or nothing so that I could go to the World Championships that year um, and not worry as much about having to work every day as well as train. Mm. And that person hasn't asked for a penny of it back. I didn't have to do anything for it. I didn't even have to check in with that person. Wow. They just were saying, well, you're from the same place. I appreciate what you do. They, you're a good person. We want to help you out. It, you know, 10,000 isn't much to my business, but it's a big difference to you. At this point, I was earning, you know, I was working three times in a gym getting pennies. Um, so, yeah, gave me 10,000 pounds, and that year I, I was 11th in the world and got a world bronze medal. If I didn't have that 10,000 pounds, you know, that might not have happened either because I wouldn't have had the money or I wouldn't have had that, you know, I would have had all that stress of, I've now got to work more and I can't concentrate on my athletics and I've got to this and that. Someone chose to do that. They don't have to. And that's the big difference. Mm. They didn't have to help me. No one had to, mm. but they chose to. Mm. Yeah, that, that was, that's huge. And I've had, I've had many things like that, many little things as well, where people have just gone out of their way for me when they, you know, there's nothing in it for them. Obviously, they, they get some 
joy or whatever it might be. Yeah. But there's nothing real. It's not like, oh, we'll give him 10 grand and suddenly we've got 20 grand back. There's no return on investment, investment as such, yeah. in terms of a measurable one. But yeah, so I, I've got all the time in the world for those kind of people. Um, and it's the kind of thing I, 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 I relate to because I'm that kind of person. I would, if I had five pound in my back pocket, my last five pound, I'll give it to someone else and I'll, I'll be able to make do. I can figure, I can figure life out. But I'd rather give it to someone else, even though I could still use it. That's how I am. So I, res- I, I appreciate when it's reciprocated as such. And on that act of kindness that they showed you, when they told you this, how did it make you feel? Embarrassed was a big part of it. There was a lot of negative feelings. Interesting. Because because I help other people and it's what is probably my purpose in life and the thing I get most satisfaction out of is seeing other people do well because I've helped them. Yes. It's, I got far more, and with why I love coaching, I get far more, you know, reward and gratification internally when I help someone else rather than me winning something. So when that happened, that was, it's like against because it's someone doing what I do. And I've come from a, I'm a single parent family, only child, where I've taken, you know, I'm, I kind of take the reins. I'm yeah. the guy who fixes things. I'm the guy who sorts things. And I'm the male successful person. So, but then to feel vulnerable as, as such and to feel weak and feel like, well, someone else had to help me. Yes. Was, was really difficult for me. But then at the same time, the huge positives, I got quite emotional about it because, you know, someone didn't have to. Um, but they chose to. And, you know, it's a huge testament to my, my character and my personality at that point, I saw. So it was, it was nice. Yeah, you've, yeah. You, you've, you've... Very emotional about it. Yeah, you've touched on something there that's that I have spoken to with others about it being difficult to receive sometimes. You know, um, especially if the, the and the gesture doesn't have to be a big one. It's more about that someone has seen your need, whatever yeah. that is. You could be having the worst day ever and someone's just noticed and done something for you and that it it knocks you. But sometimes it can be initially hard to feel like. I mean, that don't want to use the word deserve, <laughs> but you know, um, that it's more an allow, it's almost giving yourself permission and allowance that you're allowed to. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I think it's because we use the word deserve that yeah. we, we feel that we haven't done something, therefore we can't have it. But as you said, it's actually about permissions, but it's, it's just allowing someone, as you said, to actually give to you, but that's not always easy. No, not at all. And I, I definitely struggle and still struggle with it yeah. um, and get quite emotional when even to the point of I might be struggling with my head in the, in the week, I might be having my own mental health issues and a friend's managed to spot that somehow or whatever it might be and then sent me a message being like, how are you? You're right. And you know full well they're asking you for a reason or yeah. do you want to come out and have a beer with me and have a catch up? And even that I struggle with because I'm normally the one that does that. Yes. Yeah, I'm the one that has mental health issues. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah it's it's funny how how we our mindsets are and and how we approach things how we feel things and and all these these ideas of behaviors of how we should behave and how we should act or whatever it might be yeah thank you for that and the last question obviously 
we're in very strange times with COVID-19 and being in lockdown and different forms of isolation. Obviously, most people have been in isolation. Some people are alone and in isolation. Um, a lot of people are struggling, um, even where they didn't have never come across having any mental health issues before. You know, it, it, it's brought up a lot of um, kind of mild depression with some people. And obviously, there are people who have mental illnesses and, and will be really struggling. For anyone listening to this, or they have friends or people around them that they could um, offer advice, could you give one or two or three examples of how people can show self-kindness and um, maybe from examples from what you do or other than or on top of that as well so self-kindness is a really difficult thing um and i think a lot of it comes down and where you get the biggest change is within your internal monologue your internal stories your internal communications how you speak with yourself um a lot of us and myself included have very negative language in our head regarding our own behaviors our own success our own whatever it might be yeah that internal critic yeah and i've, I've got a, a very strong demon that lives in there and um, has to be tamed quite regularly but it's changing language right and mm. it's it's actually being kind to yourself so i had a conversation with gloucester rugby academy yesterday helping some of their young boys with their mindset and how they can approach things and it was saying about for me my example at the time was, so you you always want to be better, right, in sport and in life, typically. Every day I want to be the best I can be and I want to move forward and I want to be better than I was yesterday. And that's a, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, great. But that's always saying that my internal story then and my language I'm using with myself is I'm never good enough. If that's my how I'm approaching it. I'm always saying I'm not good enough right now. I must be better. That's a negative. That's not that's not good fuel. That's poisonous, right? Mm. So it's changing it to the point of, do you know what? I am everything about me is good enough. I am enough right now. However, I have to, I want to have the choice to try and be better. Now, when that doesn't always happen, which it doesn't, we're humans. We we can be incredibly inconsistent with our behaviours and our emotions, our feelings. That we're not always going to be hundred percent moving forward. Now, when you have that negative language when you fail on a day you haven't you haven't got better on a day you don't feel like you've been your best you then beat yourself up be very negative but if you said i'm everything right now i'm enough but i choose to try and be better if it doesn't work that's fine it's positive you just go look i tried today i chose and i tried it just didn't work out but i'm going to try again tomorrow it's a positive thing and it's just changing how we communicate with ourselves. And I'm sure just that little bit there will give people ideas of some of the times they've spoken to themselves. How can I just reword that? Language is so important. You look at it within the business, and we're, we're, I'm looking at most of business and most of sport is war terminology. It's yes. all aggressive. And, and it's like, well, how can we create open, caring environments when we're constantly putting people into this mindset of attack and beat and destroy and this and so on then go oh will you be open and kind doesn't really work doesn't really come together so yeah. i think language and internal language is really important um, and it's probably my main thing about self-kindness at the moment and probably something i'm working on quite a lot i'm quite a big storyteller in my head i'm someone that will take a negative and i've suddenly got a whole novel 
um, with one comment <laughs> of a negative, and yeah. I, I had to work on identifying when that was happening, Yes. when I was spiraling, and breaking up those thoughts by asking myself the question of, is this true? Are you being kind to yourself? And are you just making up a story? Yeah. And as soon as you ask yourself some questions, it allows you just to then answer them and go, oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. You are just running away with this and spiraling or whatever it might be, and this isn't true. This might not be factually correct about you as an individual or the environment you're in or whatever it might be. So, yeah, for me, I think if we can do a lot on in terms of our internal language and communication, I think that's where we get the biggest change. Yeah, it's about um, separating your your emotions or thoughts or reactions from the circumstance, the situation, the trigger. And understanding yeah. that you can control your own responses so that you don't need to spiral. You don't have to be a slave to the reaction to the circumstance. Exactly. And then the other part of self-kindness, you can go with real simple things of giving yourself that time and giving yourself permission to feel what you need to feel or take a break, whatever it might be. Um, it's not a weakness or, sh or showing that you're struggling as such by having a break. You might be having a tough day at work and you just need half an hour. Now, I would rather my, if I had a team I was working with, I'd rather my employee took half a day off work to sit with themselves, manage themselves, look after themselves, come back the next day and they're on fire, right? Because yeah. they've looked after themselves yeah. rather than just battling through where we get a breakdown and then we lose everything. So then the quality is like, mm. um, so it's things like taking those, that time for yourself, taking those breaks, um, and expectations, reducing expectation. Mm. There's no, your overall goal can be bloody high, and I'm big on that, right? Yeah. I'm in this role, right? I'm wellbeing consultant at BBC Studios. I'm not just wanting to be a wellbeing consultant at BBC Studios. I want to be the leading wellbeing consultant that people go, oh, if you want to talk about wellbeing, go talk to this guy. Because that's how I am. I want to win things. That's I come from a world where my aim was to be the best in the world, right? Yeah. And I still want that. Yeah. However, I appreciate there's a journey, so my expectation changes. I don't go, my expectation is to be the best in the world. I'm not there yet. I'm rubbish. This is this is all this, whatever it might be, negative. I understand that, do you know what? Making this error or doing this small goal, this small step, is part of my journey to get there. So I'm kind to myself about it. And actually, it makes it a lot easier to become the best in the world if you break it down. It's yeah. actually quite daunting to just look at the top and go, I'm going to be Olympic champion. How are you going to get there? I don't know. Going to <laughs> uh, which is how I used to be as a kid. Um, and then and never appreciated the journey along the way. Uh, and I did this as the same, I'm referencing the Gloucester Rugby Academy conversation, but it's yesterday, which is why I'm referencing it. So it's recent in my mind. And I brought that up. The guy said, yeah, but, you know, why should I, I you know, I want to, I'm enough or I, this and this. And you say you never celebrated that. I'm England under 20s, but I want to be England senior. And I was like, you have to appreciate that you had to be an England under 20 so that you could then become an England senior. Yes. Right? Yes. But that's just an, an element of it wouldn't be deemed as, wouldn't sit in a kindness box. But there's a part of that that is actually just being a bit more considerate of yourself yes. and your journey and being a bit kinder. Yeah. And as you right. were saying before, we were talking about the whole empathy, uh, compassion being about empathy and kind of relieving of suffering and actually to be compassionate and kind to ourselves means the same thing to, to kind of take off that suffering from ourselves and to be 
empathetic to ourselves, you know, to understand and to step back. I think something you also touched on there is really key, linking your talking there about the journey and also about changing the language that we attach to parts of our journey and specifically around the language of failure and seeing failure is actually just stages within the journey so you haven't failed your journey if you tripped over on the way does that make sense are you saying tripped over on purpose there when you're talking to a hurdler? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the subliminal messages. Uh, um, but no, you're completely but do, right. Do, do you know what I mean? You haven't. I think people, it's baby out with bathwater with a lot of people. You know, if they if they think if they think they failed at something, they 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 think the whole journey's gone. But actually, as you talk, said, sorry. We talk a lot about so there's there's great little saying in terms of you haven't failed if you've learned as such and you're still, you know, you only fail if it's final. It's something I, I really struggled with for a long time and I don't like getting things wrong. No one likes getting things wrong. It's no. not a nice feeling, right? But for me, it's like, well, how do I learn to do something better? So if I had a poor race or I've done something wrong, it's a failure if I don't ask myself why and how I'll do better next time, right? So if I don't learn from it, then I failed. It's just it's just a test. It's a challenge that's asking you what you know. If you don't know it yet, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way when I go into schools. I'm like with a year one student. You're like, if you gave a year one student a year six SAT test, you wouldn't expect them to get it, right? Yeah. Then how do we expect people to get things right when they've never had the experience of it? And the experience typically comes from failing at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are very blessed that they don't fail as much as others, but they'll still fail. Yeah. I went from 105th in the world to 16th in one year, and as an 18, 19-year-old. So I didn't fail much, but I definitely failed at some point in my life to get to that point. Yeah, but it's seeing but the failures as, exactly, it's seeing the failure as a positive thing, not yeah. negative. I it's go into, I used to go into to every race. Yes. I used to go into every race, and, you know, I'd get something wrong, and I'd be like, cool, right, so I ran this time, and I got that, I failed there. How do I not fail next time? What do I do that stops that being a failure so that then the overall thing is a huge success? And I think it's a great way to break it down. If, if you can think about 400 meter hurdles, my event, there's 10 hurdles, right? There's 40 meters to the, uh, 45 meters to the first hurdle, 35 in between, 40 to the end. And it's like there are so many different bits I can fail on that wouldn't ruin the whole race if I had a little fail. Obviously, big failures are very different, but little <laughs> failures. Yeah. If I then just learn from them, it makes the overall better. Yes. I've got so many opportunities in one race to be better. Yes. So it's using, not yeah. just one thing. It's not just I failed or I didn't. So, yeah. It's taking it as a part of the whole and yeah. as an opportunity to learn. Yeah, it's all. And there's so many things that we get wrong all the time, little things that will all add up and make a, you know, if we learn from them and turn them into a positive and, and actually move forward that end up with a huge result. Yeah. So. I like that. So, Reducing expectations of yourself, giving yourself time, giving yourself permission to just be and to take time out um, to not allow that inner critic to dictate your emotions or your, your feelings. And um, those are really, really good pointers for self-kindness. Thank you. Um, that's the end of the interview. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so... Just to recap some of those things, obviously, we've just looked at the, the self-kindness and um, 
the issue of um, gifts or acts of kindness don't need to necessarily be big. It's about somebody being seen and understood and you've gone out of your way. Um, I think that's a really important, a really important point. Um, and I love even the small things that other people have also mentioned about picking up some litter, you know, is actually an act of kindness um, to other people, you know, even even if you don't know it. Um, and I love what you said about kindness being making life easier for others. I think that's a really nice way to look at kindness and connecting that further with, with the empathy of compassion um, and there being an element of self-sacrifice, whether that's, you know, time money whatever um is necessary sometimes for compassion or, or or kindness um and just the whole message from me from that i'm getting from you overall is be good to yourself <laughs> do you know what i mean um especially what we're talking about self-kindness and um I think it's a very, very important message, especially for now, but also beyond COVID-19. You know, it's, it's just a general thing to be kind to ourselves and to be kind to others. There are always difficulties just because coronavirus is, is here. That's a huge difficulty for everyone. But we always have difficulties all the time within our lives and they always feel different to all of us. You know, something that might be difficult for one person isn't difficult for another mm. um, and, and vice versa. So, you know, it is a, it's a a load of tools and hints and tips that we need to take forward with us for the rest of our lives, not just now. Fantastic. Fantastic. Jack, thank you so much for the interview. Um, and uh, thank you for your words, your wisdom and your time. Very kind of you. <laughs> um, genuinely. No, no, absolutely genuinely. Um, you've been listening to The Brief Key. My name is Saul James and I've been in interview with Jack green you can find this podcast and the other radio interviews on the briefkey.com forward slash podcast also on apple Podcasts and on the pocket cast app thank you for joining us and look forward to having you at another interview soon